<laughs> Welcome to Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich Mellon of Trapping Inc. And I'm Sandy Mellon, and we are once again sitting in the comfort of our own home, and we have a guest. Our guest is Tom Sallows. It's a pleasure to have you here, Tom. Yep, thank you. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, where are you from? Uh, born and raised Grovedale, Grand Prairie area, just okay. south of there, small town. Uh, so spent life hunting, fishing with dad, and all that fun stuff. So that's basically my upbringing, sports and, and outdoors. And so that led you to uh, one of your jobs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started uh, Mountain Mountain Adventures, it's called, and it took me a while. I'm outfitter. I have been for, I think this is my 10th year I'm going on. I started as a guide before that, contracting the guys and trying to get in the video stuff, kind of like you guys did with the, with the hunting stuff. And that went okay. I did a few, I think four DVDs over four years and sold a few, but uh, right when Wild TV was coming in, it was a tough racket, especially with no oh. sponsorship, but it was fun. And uh, it was great to get the outfitting business going for advertising. It is, it is a great tool for, for an outfitter, exactly. What do you outfit for? Uh, mostly moose. That's what we're built around. But we do a little bit of, a few elk, some deer, some bears. I do quite a bit of sheep for guys. Uh, like I'll go up to the Yukon and contract. I've been contracting to McMillan River the last three or five years or something. So oh, the backpack lens. stuff for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. done a little bit for them and, and uh, done a few other places. But uh, Alaska did a couple and... Stuff like that. So that was lots of fun, but that was all just contract work. What's what's your favorite sheep to, to chase? Oh, they're all good. I, I still um, I, I like hunting here. Yeah. I like I like the big horns just because it's here. I would, I've been lucky enough. I've been over to places like New Zealand, Australia hunting all over there and and I still if I had a you know, a whole hunting season off, I would hunt here. Yeah. I think. Um or or at least in the north northwest. It doesn't really matter. I love the Yukon, love B C all that's the same kind of thing. It's sheep's a sheep to me, whether it's a doll or a bighorn or a stone. Yeah. Yeah. Or desert. You didn't mention desert. No, I've never done <laughs> desert, and I don't think I ever will. I have no, <laughs> I don't really want to. <laughs> Not that closest, bad. <laughs> closest I'm ever going to come to that is that I know, know people that have that kind of money. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And even guiding it. I mean, I, I just, like I said, I'd rather do bighorn hunt here or go with some friends or whatever it is. I just, I like this country. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you on that. When we first started, uh, we've been doing TV 20 years now, like we started the, the hunting show 20 years ago. When we first started, it was possible to produce 13 episodes right out of Alberta. Oh, it was actually, I'm not, it was never easy. There's no such thing as filming and easy, but no. I mean, like even me, I was doing all the editing, producing, and I was able to do four DVDs four years in a row that were well over an hour content, and that was everything edited down, and and that was just me filming yeah. our stuff. Like, the hunting was so good. Yeah. It was unbelievable for everything. Deer, both kinds, you know, yeah. mule deer, whitetail, elk, moose. It was bears, like, whatever, sheep. Couldn't do goats in Alberta, but, you know, with my guiding, I had a little bit of that come in and, yeah. and the other species. But there were seven or eight species we could hunt right here and so such a long season. And now now it takes you five, six years to draw oh. moose. And well, at the least availability used to be... Yeah. around right and access has we talked about that just as you were arriving right the the access into some of the eastern slopes here um it's not so good anymore because some of our friends out there with big tired atvs <laughs> kind of yeah yeah that's it's it's definitely changed even in the last since i've been an outfitter and then a guy before that but the last i would say 
six or seven years, I've really seen a change. I think it was 2006 we had that terrible winter. Yeah, and, six, seven. And yep. at least where I guide, the, the, it was brutal. I bet you we lost 90% of our elk and deer. We went from seeing 30 or 40 deer a day just when you're cruising around, uh, just in the ditches and out in the cup blocks and stuff. Like You might just be going camping. And in a two, three-hour drive, you'd see at least a dozen deer yep. on the way out. And now, and these are bush deer, like this isn't fields. And now, I don't even know if I've seen five or six all season last year. Like it, and they, they, they just start coming back and you think, oh, here we go. And then we get another, you know, bad winter. But I'm, I'm hoping the predators are at least down a little bit so they have a chance to maybe come back somewhat what they were. I don't know if it'll ever get back to the heyday, but. Well, you see, I mean, I was born and raised here as well. And mm-hmm. we never, ever did have those heydays. We had that anomaly that happened the late 90s and the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five, six years is all it takes for those deer herds to, to get like that, right? Yeah. To, to get get that, that big. When we were building this house on this quarter section, mm-hmm. um, of course, our, our roadway and our, and our uh, uh, power line here were all brand new. And it was nothing to walk out as it, as it was getting dusk in, in August and look out. And there'd be 40 whitetail out there, mm-hmm. you know, and there'd be 20, 20, 25 mule deer. Yeah, every field just yeah, And it was that was just, just here on, living on, a, on our quarter. And then we had that winter, you know. We got 10, 10 feet uh, of snow that winter, and uh, it just decimated them. And then we'd have a, an easy one or two winters, and then we'd have another big snow. You know, we had mm-hmm. lots lots of snow last year. Yeah. again you know so i mean it, it it's got back to the way it was when i was younger where we had lots of snow and we had tough winters and um i don't know i don't know you know you have to have all those stars aligned for that yeah you know, that uh, kind of population growth and, and trophy potential right well and you're absolutely right like i remember when i was a young kid even the moose went through a rough patch where right before they put it on limited draw it yeah. was hard to get a moose there for a while and it before that it was really easy when i was really young and then it just kind of got a lot harder and then they put it on draw and then it was better than it had ever been. And now it seems to be like we went through a little bit of a lull lately. We, luckily, there's still, like, we have great moose here and we managed to do really well. And now it seems to be on the way back up. I'm seeing more calves, I'm seeing more young bulls. Uh, there's a period there. I think what happened, at least in my area, was there was a gap. Uh, we had a whole bunch of old bulls. So even when the population was down, there's lots of old bulls to hunt. Right. But then eventually they die off of old age or you know, hunting and predation and stuff. But now they seem to be on their way back up. And we're, last year was a really, really good year. And we never ever, luckily we never had a bad year, but <laughs> I mean, it was just, it got a little bit harder hunting. It, it wasn't, you know, you didn't have two hunters done in two days. You were hunting sometimes five, six days before you'd get them a moose or whatever, which is perfectly fine. I mean, you've, you've built a reputation though for killing big bulls too. Mm-hmm. You know, the area that you're in doesn't traditionally pr- produce a ton of moose, but it does produce big moose, and, mm-hmm. you, and you've got it wired in. Yeah, I mean, when, you're, when you've been out there since, I think, <laughs> I was looking through the photo albums, actually, a couple months ago, around Christmas or whatever, and Dad pulled one out, and I was out there when I was, that's caught my first fish kind of out that way when I was like two years old. So I've been going out there since I was two. You start to, you start to learn, it, and then when you start guiding, that's when you really start to learn an area, and... When you live out there, you you kind of start thinking like them and knowing where they go. So what did what did guiding change for you, like as far as the hunting in the outdoors? Oh, well, <laughs> I don't. It may, mainly, it just made me appreciate it more and actually want to conserve it even more. Not that I I always wanted to conserve the way of life and stuff. Just being hunting was fun, 
and it was a way for myself and my family and friends to get meat. We never bought beef. We, we always, that's what we did. We went hunting yep. every year, filled our freezers and that's how we got our meat. And uh, we're really proud of that. And I had a blast and everything, but it got to a point where like we hunted every day. Yep. And, uh, it, it almost got to the point. It would, was never boring, but I didn't, I got, I went through stages, I guess at, at first, when I was, first started shooting things when I was young, it was like, Oh, I just want to get something. We wanted action. Yeah. Dad shoot him or, you know, it was, it yeah. was legal to get him or whatever. And you wanted that excitement. And then it started to get where you started trophy hunting a little bit Yep. and you didn't, okay. You set your bar. Oh, you know, I'm not going to shoot a white tail unless he's a 140 or an elk unless he has five points or six points or whatever you might do. Right. And then after a while, it kind of got to where I, I personally have a lot more fun guiding than I do hunting. I would much rather see someone else that doesn't get to experience that, take that animal. And I love the work part. I've, uh, I've never guided, uh, per se. Per se, mm-hmm. I, I've, ta- I've oh, I'm taken, sure you've guided lots. I've taken, <laughs> lot, I've taken lots of, I've That's taken lots of family me, hunting. Be careful. <laughs> but I tell you what, we, it was uh, in the '80s when they brought out the uh, the draw for for moose tag. Mm-hmm. That was devastating to our life, mm-hmm. and because I mean we went moose hunting every year, every year we had this whole culture of of moose camp, and mm-hmm. and I had you know boys and and uh, brother brother and friends and friends, and, and we'd have this big camp and, and it, we'd go out there and you know there, there might be there might be eight nine ten of us every year and and we get two three moose right yep. yeah it was well, fun but it was a big event too yeah. right like in, yeah. in preparation for it i mean he was always the cook so he he'd make whatever that you know we could you're on freeze. hard time when i'm the cook yeah <laughs> not really well yeah, i mean you we'd got the bake, planning we'd yeah. bake pies and bread and yep. uh, then your brother would bring fresh prawns off the boat out of vancouver because he'd be coming and, from vancouver so. and he'd bring and he'd stop uh, along the way and, and pick up pumpkins for the kids for yeah. Halloween uh, and stuff. Good yeah. old days. Those I... were some good old days. Yeah. That, that was one of the de- things that died when, when we went on draw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand the, uh, the need for it. The, the last year that we were, before we went on draw, do you know how many moose were shot in Alberta? Uh, I was pretty young then. <laughs> He's trying to say yeah. you're old. <laughs> I'm, su- oh. <laughs> I'm surprised you remember that far back. Oh! <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. When I looked up the records, they were chiseled in stone. But yeah. 87,000. Oh. <laughs> that's a lot of moose meat. Yeah. You know that? But that's a huge thing. It had to go to draw. And I'm, I'm glad it did. I, I miss those days. Don't like. I wish we could all hunt moose every day, but there's, there's just too many people. Too much oh, access. Well, we're 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 just about four million people now in yeah. Alberta, and we at that time we were many less five hundred thousand. Oh yeah. no, I don't think we were that small. Because a think million? It, no, we we're probably a couple million. Yeah. But no, yeah, Edmonton, because Edmonton Calgary and Calgary were over a million only, for a long time. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. you know, I mean, there's there was growth in population, and this area of the country grew really rapidly. Yeah. Well, see, those tablets recall. were broke when I looked yeah, at them. Yeah, <laughs> well, and Moses and all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there is an end to it though, and it, it was a good thing bringing that draw in. That it, it still, in my opinion, needs some work in areas. But what would you change? That's the hard part, right? Like you need, you need, you need to have enough opportunity for the residents, and and you know, there's a great industry with outfitting. For myself, people don't get that, and and they forget, you know, like there's always this, this war between residents and, and outfitters and, and then you got the sustenance, like, and then you got the environmentalists. Well, we're all bashing heads 
and spending our money fighting each other, we need to be, we're, we all have the same goal. Yeah. It's yeah. to have more moose or whatever, more game. Right. You know, we're, we're using moose for this example, but I, I just, I think number one, hunting licenses have to go up. Draw applications have to go up. We got to run it more like a business and we got to start doing more for the animals. And that's why this is a big reason why I got in outfitting. I was like you, I, I liked, I wanted to hunt moose every year. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if I shot one or not, but I wanted to be able to call them and track them and whatever. But then another thing is too, like I want to, I have a lot of invested interest now and that makes me want to preserve that even more than I think the average person, especially someone like a, you know, a city person or somebody that doesn't out there, you might get a hard time, whether it's trapping, hunting, oh, you know, like you're cruel, you kill them, you know, oh. like how do you want to save them? But we have more invested interest than anybody, right? I, so. I tell you something that really surprised me. And, and I mean, I've, I was the definition of a jackpine savage all, most mm-hmm. of my life. I mean, if you'd looked it up in the dictionary, there'd been me and my brother, that'd been the picture that they that had. But when we got a, got this last trap line, the sense of responsibility that came with it was surprised me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're in a very active oil patch and you're always on the watch out for, for something having gone wrong. And we've had things like a giant, pipeline burst on our on our uh, mm-hmm. trap line that kind of stuff but that sense of responsibility that 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 uh wanting to protect it and protect it for the future and that that really surprised me mm-hmm. I, it's an eye-opener it yeah. really is it's it's like it kicks you right in the teeth you, do, you don't even see it coming really yeah like you want to preserve it selfishly at first because yep. oh yeah like i i want to i want to keep this spot secret and stuff and we are all like that we're all selfish somewhat like we don't want to give our secrets away, all of our secrets away, especially our spots that we worked hard for. But nope. But it was before it was just we wanted to preserve it because this was fun and it provided good meat. Now it's it's more like we we have a connection with the way of life. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would say so. I mean, that's the the thing that's kind of driven it home for us, especially on the trap line. Is it's just it's a way of life and mm-hmm. it's an appreciation. I I think you trap as well, so you know that when you're out in the bush. You're as close to nature. I mean, it's different than hunting because oh, yeah. you're trying to convince an animal to come this close, and uh, you know, it, it. You have to speak the language. You have to understand there mm-hmm. a lot more nuances around the wildlife than you do even when you're hunting and guiding and whatnot. We'll get to that in a minute. I I want to ask you though, like you've thought about this. Uh, the the things that you mentioned, uh, raising the cost of draws, mm-hmm. uh, raising the, the cost of, of tags, what do you hope they achieve? Well, and that's the problem, right? Like, we need more transparency where those funds are going. I want those funds to be put back to where they're supposed to be put back. Like, they said, you know, the, like, they increased, it, it hardly went up, hunting licenses. I'm not arguing yeah. with you. No, no, I'm not, I'm not putting you on the spot that way, Tom. Um and I also know what you're you're talking about more transparency where it goes because it's always made me angry. The only person that that ever pays for wildlife are the hunters, mm-hmm. are the fishermen, are the trappers. All the other people that are out there using you know all the random camping and all the people quadding and all that, they're not paying anything to be there. No, we're the only ones that that actually pay that that, that produce money. And you know for the hundred and some thousand. Uh, hunters we have in Alberta, we're paying a minuscule amount. We should, mm-hmm. I, d- I don't disagree that we should be paying yeah. more. I but don't it, think it should be ridiculous. No, not, yeah. no, no, no. It has to re- remain affordable. Yeah. It ha- like, like for example, a $50 sheep tag, 
if if you can't afford more than fifty dollars for a sheep pig, you have no business sheep hunting. Good I, Lord, no, because what do your boots cost? <laughs> yeah, well, that's my point, right? And the time off, the scouting, and and it's not that I, I don't think that somebody that doesn't have a lot of money, like I don't have a lot of money, and I still choose to sheep hunt, but you know, like fifty dollars or thirty dollars for an elk or a moose tag or whatever it is now forty, like it's went up so minuscule. That's you can't even go out and order steak for that anymore. You can't. Your truck costs two hundred dollars to fill with fuel. Yeah, I mean everything else has went up. But, but the licenses my, haven't. Yeah, well, and so where does that money go? It doesn't all go towards back to where well, it should. The no, levies, actually, it just, it just goes into general no, revenue. No, it doesn't, actually. The oh, levy, sorry. The levy um, goes to the Alberta Conservation Association mm-hmm. for the preservation of of wild lands and habitat and and to protect what, you know, our wildlife. So... Um, the Alberta Conservation Association They're is great. connected yeah. to the government. Thank you. I'm on the board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my best friend is a biologist there. His wife yeah. is. His two brothers are. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I oh, have actually have quite a bit. This would yeah. be Seward's, yeah. 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 I have quite a connection there. And yeah. and that's that's kind of my point. I don't even know the percentages. I try not to get too much into that with yeah. them. But I'm pretty sure it's not all going there. But I, I mean. No, I, it isn't yeah. all going there. How much, how much <laughs> is the. Uh, uh, I It's different for every license. But it's from my understanding. It's, it's a very small. It's a, a very small percentage. Well, it's fairly substantial. I mean, there well, the one time they asked for the buck for wildlife, that's yeah. what it was, was a buck. Yeah. And that was a very insignificant part of uh, of you know it wasn't even ten percent. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the the Alberta Conservation Association is one entity in the province that is it is funded directly uh, by by levies from yeah. from hunting licenses, totally. and people it's not forget the only, that it's not the yeah. only um, income that the yeah ACA it's a nonprofit. Has. Like it's um, they they forget that everybody assumes that the ACA is a government. Yeah, and that's that's that, that's not right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is like they forget, for, for example, the cost. Just to show you how much, I know that that when they took the they gave a discount to seniors on hunt licenses. Yep, it was like an. You would know the number. I can't remember off offhand, but it was a it was like a four hundred thousand dollar hit that that money's just gone because the government decided. Oh, I don't know if they're trying to get voters or whatever they were trying to do. Yep. But no, we're going to give the seniors a discount. Like my dad's a senior, and he was pissed about it. Well, the worst part is is that they gave it away, but then the government didn't say the ACA will take care of that. No, yeah. they gave away somebody else's money. Yeah. Tell you what, open your wallet. I can give your money away. That's, yeah. that's easy. I mean, and that's what they did. It's exactly what they did. So now all of a sudden we're, there's, there's 200, 400, whatever the month. It doesn't really matter the number, but there's a substantial amount of money there that could have went towards projects and stuff that we need, whether it's for trapping because the ACA yep. does a lot or hunting or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So you start raising the hunting licenses. I mean, again, it, it comes down to me anyway. I, I know I'll, I'd get a lot of flack for saying this, but another 10 15 20 dollars per tag like that's a lot of money in the end even even if you put 10 dollars on a tag and sent that all to the ACA or whatever mm-hmm. can you imagine the good we could do with that and i think more than the tags what's more important is the draws 3 dollars in some sense per draw well i mean, yeah, it's like, ridiculous <laughs> it hasn't went up in it's been that forever it's never it's it's always i think that. it's a fine line though too cuz i think then you can create other you know 
best laid intentions is, you know, a little bit more, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anything you wrong with You've got to find that line. Li- I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise I think you, you, you turn people on the other side Where they're the not coin. applying. Well, which is not maybe necessarily that, but they're, maybe they're poaching then. Well, right? and that's, um, yeah, that's, that happens already. Yeah. So, oh, certainly it does. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a problem, and I don't consider those people yeah. hunters or outdoor I don't think any of us do, and and, um, you know, criminal activity is criminal activity. Whether you're whether you're shooting something that you don't have a license for, out of season, or whatever, or you're robbing a bank. Yeah, Yeah. that's a big problem. Or like, there's there's another reason to try to raise more money for it. In my opinion, I mean, (laughs) we could go on for days. Report a poacher kind of thing. Well, yeah, like a big reason why there's more poaching now is because the the abundance of game has went down. People are spending a lot of time and effort compared to what they were used to. Mm-hmm. And they used to be able to go out and basically shoot a deer or moose at will, whatever yep. they had a tag for, just go for a day or two. Yep. But now they're having to spend weeks and take time off work. And, you know, the family's at home and they're mad that they're having to take this much time. You better come home with something, you know, and then you got to draw here, but a general season or, you know, general area right next door. Yep. It's pretty easy to shoot one here and cross. There's, there's lots of that going on that has that's the changes that I think need to be made in that sense. Like well, we don't have any, we? we don't have as much enforcement available no. any longer. Well, there's either. less money, well, right? There's not enough money. Well, it's understaffed, underpaid. It's it's less money or being it's, spent it's on the that. right way. <laughs> yes, that's. The, I yeah. mean, yeah, that's what I, I mean. I, yeah. I know, uh, like you'll probably as as your trapping career goes on, you'll you'll probably get to know more and more of uh, of the enforcement. You probably mm-hmm. know a lot of them from from your uh, your outfitting. Uh, working at mm-hmm. but the ones that i talk to it's it's embarrassing what they spend on enforcement oh. Oh, you know man. and they worked like dogs too yeah, yeah and yet if you look at aep yeah. you know which is the the uh department that uh fish and wildlife is under there's 66 pages of employee names mm-hmm. yeah and yet and yet enforcement is so so poorly taken care of well enforcement isn't even part of aep anymore isn't it under They've changed justice? it somehow, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. They're, or they're going even through aware. that change or something right now. Yeah, there's yeah. something there. I was, I actually was talking about. Well, they changed their somebody. name three times in, in as many yeah. years as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but, I mean, it comes down to money. So, Africa, it's been proven. Hunters pay. Oh, yeah. yeah. It saved Africa. Yes. They're now taking animals out of the places where there's hunting allowed and putting them where there's no hunting allowed because they're still poaching where there's no hunting allowed. And yeah. well, the photographers that, don't pay the bill. No, they so don't. No, that's, no. I think that's a really important point because um, there's, you know, you know the internet. It's full of, of warriors for, for wildlife. But they simply don't understand that when something has a value, yes. you people work to preserve that. Yeah. Right. Well, anything with a value survives in this world. Yes. Things without value don't. And I mean, perfect examples happening in Alberta. And <laughs> I'm scared to even say this because we'll probably get off topic, but <laughs> there's more grizzly bears being shot now oh. than oh, yeah. there was when there was a season. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and no one's reporting, even if they see, and people are scared of them. They're tired of seeing so many. And they, I mean, you think now, especially like Alberta, wake up, especially with BC closing. If you opened a very, very controlled grizzly bear season, gave away very limited tags charged 50 or $75 to apply for that once in a lifetime tag, a couple thousand dollars if you did get it drawn and make it a slam dunk. 
like the, and raffle a few off just like they do with the sheep, you'd you be could, making you, so much millions of a, a year. I can take you to the quarter section of Good Fair that yeah. they can shoot it on. <laughs> well, they, I mean, it, and that that's another like there's some backwards things. I think it it could be managed better. Even the goat season, you know, they have all these great goat areas, and it's a once in a lifetime tag if you get drawn. But they they don't let you go in all the best places and the easiest ones to get to. In my opinion, when you get drawn for something like that. It shouldn't be a gimme, like you should have to work for it, but it should be a bit of a slam dunk if you're willing to put the work in. Yeah. Like a grizzly bear tag would be the same example. It should be open spring and fall. There should be a, the right amount of number given away. Yep. And all that money, you could probably raise 5 to $10 million a year just off licenses and raffles and you're going to get groups. And then you that goes directly back to grizzly bear conservation. It's good for the bears. I've, I've spoke with several uh, yeah. biologists from the department, and they all agree yeah. that there should be a limited grizzly bear yeah. hunt in and Alberta I'm not right talking now. For, I would love it if there was some outfitter permits because we have beautiful bears and I could sell those hunts for a lot of money, but it's never, that's never going to happen. It's not about that. It's about trying to raise money to preserve it. And Yeah, I just it was a political value. move, yeah, both in Alberta and, just like BC. and in BC. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's sad. Yep. It really is sad. And I, yeah, we all try to convince people. Um, well, we might have a change in government fairly yeah. soon. <laughs> and, you know, I think we all know that there there are some really good people, uh, particularly in our area, mm -hmm. that that could be in line for yeah. cabinet positions where, you know, maybe we'll common sense could. Uh, don't hold me to it, but mm -hmm. common sense might, you know, drift be the flavor out there of the day. And be a well, I, just, <laughs> I, I hope that the grizzly bear kerfuffle over the years at least leads to something positive in that like yeah. i know we were lucky enough dad got two tags before it closed and we got two and it was awesome yeah. it was i remember those fondly right of course and our neighbor and yeah like but it's it's just too bad the worst part is is that anything the government interferes with whether it's the dolly varden mm -hmm. the the mountain goats caribou the caribou the grizzly bear, they screw it up. Yeah. And the first thing they do is they stop hunting and harvesting of it, right? Yeah. The first thing they do is they, is they get rid of the hunting and harvesting. Because they're going to put it all on a shelf. Mm -hmm. And they, Yeah, they're going to put it on a shelf because it, like, it's, it's the hunter's fault, right? And it's mm -hmm. not because we've proven that those four different animals, we've proven that it had nothing to do with hunting over and over and over again. Well, to a point, too, hunting takes care of itself. And people forget this, that hunting now... I just finished saying that I'm glad moose went on draw and it had to, and it does because there's so many people, mm -hmm. but let's say you give out 50 moose tags in one WMU or a hundred or whatever it is. If, if the hunting's bad, like, I don't think you need to fluctuate once you figure that out. I don't think you need to fluctuate that number of tags up and down unless it gets really dire. Because if you give away a hundred moose tags in that WMU and it's really easy hunting, probably a hundred bull moose get shot. People can drive around or whatever they it's easy they're all when the population's high but when it's low no like 40 get shot or 10 or 20 right yep. so people when they're doing these tags they forget a little bit about that like just because you give away 100 tags doesn't mean 100 moose are shot no, no. And well it's I mean, the same thing with sheep right i mean yeah what's the what well, is the several thousand rate? sheep tags are shot every year and four to seven percent is the or Several thousand are bought every year, yeah, pardon right. me. And it, four to seven percent is the success rate for residents. It's been like that since ever. Yeah. Forever much and ever. ever. Yeah. You a know, lot of it is camaraderie too though, right? Like I mean, kind of like our our um two places left in the world where you or in North America where you can buy a cross the counter sheep tag, Alberta and B C. Yeah. We are the last 
places in North America where there's a culture of sheep hunters, mm-hmm. you know, where people sit around and talk about it. People go out and they, they do like we used to do with our, with our moose yeah, camp. Yeah, that's, special that's thing. what I was just going to say. Yeah. Is yeah. That it's often, and, and even if, you know, you shot a sheep one year, you have to skip a year, but then you can come with me. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's one change I would like to see on that. I mean, we get on this topic all the time too, right? And you get asked and, I mean, a biologist asking me, what, what would you say? And we've had everything from, oh, the older the sheep, the less time off. And there's some good ideas out there. I've heard a really good one where, like, if it's broomed, it can be four-fifths. But if it's still got its lamb tips, it has to be full curl, stuff like that. But I think, I think we should leave it the same, except I think when you get one uh, to show that we're willing to do that, I think you should take more years off. Doesn't, it doesn't work me, because every, every, every year it's like it's it's between seventy and eighty percent people that register a sheep. It's their first sheep ever, and it, I know. And, and it's their first and only sheep. I, most people they get a sheep and they, and they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the the wild sheep uh, dinner is here in a, cu- a couple week weekends from now in in Red Deer. And uh, the last time I was there, they asked everybody to stand up, and then they says, "Okay, everybody who." Who has who's never shot a sheep sit down? Seventy percent of the place sat down. Mm-hmm. So I mean that doesn't work. That that doesn't work. The the, the trying to age or, or do something. You don't like think that. it would help with the age though? No, because guys that that aren't just shooting one and done are a little bit pickier. I've uh, I've got a few, and mm-hmm. and I've never found another one that I wanted to shoot. I yeah. I've I've helped lots of other people get get a ram. I still get to go out and do it right. Yeah. That's and that's that's good enough for me. Someday, I, maybe I'll, I'll find yeah. another ram that I want. I, I don't I'm like know. Like you too. I've got a few, and that's the, enough for now. The one, the one consideration that, or the one thing that everybody says, well, it's barely legal. You mean, well, it's completely legal. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it's just a squeaker. What do you mean by a squeaker? Well, it's just barely legal. Well, no, if it's past four fifths, that's a fully legal. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. I, it, I've been through that. I, I, my first ram was, as lots of people say, barely legal. He was a squeaker. There's no doubt. I was a kid. So what? Yeah, and he was, was legal though. But it was it legal. was a legal yeah, and, ram, and, and they it, ran me through the coals even a little bit. Like they tried to say this, you know, he's legal. Here's your sheep, but and were you sure? And I said, yeah. We looked at it for hours, and like we we thought we were sure, but now you're kind of like <laughs> I'm you're like 20 years old or <laughs> whatever, you, right? I'm like, what, oh, what are you they, doing they to me do here? They do that to everybody though, because I took my sheep in. Yeah, and they ran <laughs> yeah. me around, and I at the time I was wearing contact lenses, and I couldn't couldn't see up close so he told me to point out on the map where it was yeah right so i said well i can't see your map if i get that close so if you have a a magnifying glass so he went and got a magnifying glass and i pointed out right away and he goes well you're supposed to be able to show me that i said i just just showed you (laughs) you know and then he goes through this whole thing where he drills a hole and he and we're taking the dna and blah 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 and i'm like I don't know what your problem is, dude, but I, I shot the ram fair and square. I showed you where. I told you where. I can prove it. You can see. If you want to see the footage, maybe I'll make it available. Yeah. But I don't know what's going to happen there. Like The one thing I've noticed, and people argue with me, because I, I want it to stay the same. I'm like you. Like I, Everyone wants to hold on right to this cultural thing. So, so I would... If, if, if they thought that that was us taking a step, that was kind of my point on that. If like, I'm fine if I shoot a sheep taking three years off. And if that shows, if that's enough to kind of prolong that over the counter, cause you can choose, Oh no, you know what? He's not what I'm looking for. Yep. You know, y- you can still go every year. Um, but 
you can go with your friends if you shoot one as well. I just, I don't know what we're going to have to do because there's, the biggest problem I see out there is too many people out there. But here's the thing. We've killed the same amount of sheep year after year after year for this. Do you think there's less people or more people or the same? I think it's maybe more concentrated in certain areas because sooner or later the chit chat gets out there. And even though, you know, you, you say to me or I say to you, where'd you get your sheep? Well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Yeah. You know, nobody, that's all said in jest and whatnot, but there's still people who don't respect Mm-hmm. the culture of what sheep hunting is or or anything else oh, for that matter people so, are racing for the same round yeah well I, that's, we, that's we happening. know and, stuff and like one, that that's happening mm-hmm. that brings up one of the issues uh, with with uh people guiding residents and yes they're not these are not these are not sheep outfitters no. these people don't have sheep tags but any outfitter can guide a resident for sheep and there's a big business in, in selling information. Oh, and, and that's a good point. Like we, we've been even as outfitters, because that's a big problem we've ran into now is the, the residents. We, as outfitters, we kind of call them rogue outfitters. They'll go get their outfitting license and just guide residents, which yep. is legal. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to push for the rule because that you should at least own allocations in that WMU. Absolutely. Because then you, right now it's just, there's a bunch of people stomping on feet and yep. you know and it's draw here draw here draw here and and you're getting that conflict like well, even the workers out there are seeing more people it's, well, it is it all it creates conflict and mm-hmm. where we've been we've been lucky enough not to run into anybody but but our son who is mm-hmm. well last year they they're, they're right in the middle they're, they're, there's the um of course they're they're in that first week of of sheep season so the actual outfitter for the area is just there scouting, right? Yeah, he cutting firewood. Yeah, cutting firewood, yeah. exactly. You're sighting guns in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scare them into the timber, boys. <laughs> Watch, watching, watching everybody else chase around. Yeah. And then in comes the, 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 the resident guiders yeah. and guiding these guys. Yeah. And and, uh, and then there's you know Matt and, and his buddies. And so it's foot race in the morning yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And and, and then you've got to be careful. because it's actually, didn't oh, it? Oh, lots of times with, it does. Not yeah. his group, but with, there was a yeah. couple of other groups up there, yeah. and there was fistfights going on. It was like, wow, where did we take the left turn? And, well, then you've got the outfitter, though, who's, you know, just watched that, that morning in the valley, yeah. seven rams died. You know, yeah. Seven rams that you know he has, uh, you know, an allocation, for. allocation yeah. for right. He's you know, and he doesn't have more right to the those rams than anyone. No, no, no. Nobody was saying he was, but no. but the, the, those people who are guiding the residents didn't yeah. have allocations. Didn't you know? Yeah. Like I mean, if they want to hunt them themselves and put in the work, fine. Or well, go with their group. Matt but, says yeah. they walk up right at dark, yeah. right at dark, and they're looking at the GPS, and all of a sudden, oh, there you are, and he yeah. says, you know, they they say, well, where's the sheep? So they obviously had bought this information from somebody. Mm-hmm. They did not know where the rams were or anything else. You know, like oh, that's sad. Yeah, it's 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 not good. And and like we we joke about the fist fights and stuff. That's actually happening. Like oh, that, yeah. that's not it is. Uh, that's it's, it's not really a joke. But the worst nope. part is, this is where I see the problem. And that's again where I was kind of getting to when there's too many people after the same sheep, it becomes a competition thing. And then all of a sudden that sheep especially when you only have to take one year off. Well, if I don't shoot that sheep, Joe over there is going to shoot it out of that group. So I'm going to take him. There is a greed thing there. No, I there know. There is a competition you're, you're thing talking there. about morals and ethics. Yeah. And we, we, we can never legislate morals I and know. ethics. Those are personal. Yeah. You know? I just, uh, I wish there was a way to get well, less I, people. I, I think It's managing that's, people. 
Yeah. True. 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 It is. I. I just. I just don't see that working. I just. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know people who. It's. I actually I think wa- we're not killing too many sheep. No, we're not. We have we've, great, great sheep populations right now. We our our populations as high as as they've ever been. Yeah. This year, as a matter of fact, our our uh, lamb recruitment's off the charts. Yeah. But you take a look at and, you know people say well it's down from you know back here. Well, do you take a look at how many times they they made the sheep river sanctuary larger? We lost Galatea. We lost mm-hmm. we lost all of these incredible sheep hunting areas. We're actually killing more in proportionate or prorated now more rams than we ever did. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've because, lost so yeah. much area and opportunity, yeah. and yet we're still killing, you know, that 180 to 220 mm-hmm. worth of rams every year. And and people forget, too, they, they get mad because there's, there's people sheep hunting that never have sheep hunted. You know, it's it's become Hollywooded. Back even 8, 10 years ago, the sheep hunter sheep hunted. Yep. People are, and people would experiment for it, and they'd, well, screw this, or, yep. or they'd get hooked, and they become sheep hunters. Mm-hmm. But now everybody wants to sheep hunt. And that's well, it's sort of like the brass ring, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Like people well, want, if you're going to hunt, then you hunt the most, you know, elusive or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and that's then, really and they want to brag about how hard it was more than anything. And they want to mm-hmm. p- post on social media, oh, this was the hardest hunt ever when really they don't necessarily want it to be <laughs> you know and, i and, know and, i don't and, want and, it to be yeah, i mean so so we're we're getting more people spreading out more or not well there's more people so they're not spreading out more but there's more area getting hit i think some of those little sanctuaries i that's what i see anyway i, I just seem like it seems like i run into a lot more people i know when we first started when we were just you know 18 19 i, I started when i was 12 with my dad and it was never easy getting a sheep. He shot a ram when I was 11. And that was the first ram they ever got, the first time they ever went. And they were hooked. A nice, big, huge, full curl ram. Yep. Actually, not far from where you shot yours. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he brought it home. And I was like, I was hooked as soon as I seen this thing. You know, it was 85 pounds of horn and head and cape. Yeah. Like, it was just, it's huge. And, uh, and okay, yeah, well, we'll just go in there every year and get one. Well, we, we sheep hunted from 12 until I was 21 or whatever it was when I shot mine. And we didn't do it right. We went weekends and we're glassing, you know, glassing with our rifle scopes. And <laughs> like, like we didn't have the money, we didn't, have, but we went. We walked in there and we'd take four or five days every year, four, three days, whatever we could get and do one or two hunts. And that was it. And we'd go and we'd run all over Skyline and didn't have a clue. Nope. But, and, and most importantly, didn't have the equipment. And we did that for, well, it took till I was 21 or 22 or 20 or whatever the heck it was. I can't even remember. We, that was the next real round we've seen. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, when they're running me through the rings, well, I'm getting up there. When they're running me through the ring about that ram I shot, that's what I said. I said, well, listen, like I've been following my dad around there since I was 12, and my dad's with me. This is something special. I scouted this area. I found him. I found him before the season, and I always said the first legal ram I seen was going to get it because – if I had a chance to shoot a legal ram, I'm going to shoot them because they're so hard. This might be the only one I ever have a chance at. Yep. After, yeah. you know, 10 years of walking around, not even seeing a legal ram. Yep. You know, I, we were learning. <laughs> you know, but that was, we were, we were moose hunters. Yeah. It's an and education bond yeah. with uh, shoe, shoe leather and sweat. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we were hunting them like walk over and peek over those cliffs and hope he's there at 75 yards. Like we'd hunt different game. Like we didn't sit in glass. We didn't have a, I remember for the first t- 
six years, I had a monocular. Yeah. Like that was my, that was my binoculars, a little freaking monocular, right? So it's all fun and games until yeah. your toenails fall off. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we'd go up there and it'd be a weight loss program and it'd be, we'd look forward to it though, even though we, we'd get a few U draws and we'd shoot U's yeah. and we'd get drawn and that was great, but we, it was hard. And that was, that was, that's yeah. one of the things that we need to bring back is, is the U draws. Do you realize they're still that there, but they're sure have, scale the tags back eh? or, oh, yeah. or is we, it we just more to, people are applying we used to kill 10 percent yeah 10 percent with with the use we, we we did a 10 percent uh, u harvest every year and our our uh, ram population was was larger and i think that's something to do with a little bit of horn growth too i've always believed that there's only limited winter ground yep yeah and it's getting more and more limited as yeah. as we have the aspen encroachment that that, that kind of thing mm-hmm. it, it it's uh it's astounding yeah I, I got a kick out of you talking about the the uh, <laughs> the weight loss program. When when sheep hunting started to get really popular, well, we'd been at it for quite a while, and and people would then would they you know come up and talk to you, and they could they hang on every word, and they want to know what's the best sleeping bag and and the best clothing. Sleeping bag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who wants a sleeping bag? <laughs> so it's funny. I I look at them and and they they. I'm thinking, you know, this guy's going to have 900 pounds. He's going to try yeah. to pack on his back, and and I, I look at them. And I I said, listen, none of this stuff's great, yeah, but it's going to keep you alive. That's all it is. It's a survival. It's, it's just barely going to keep you alive. Like you, you know? don't take a toothbrush. Yeah, remember, you don't take anything. Like no, no, that's too much it weight. It might weigh an ounce. Yeah, uh, but you put 16 of those ounces together, and suddenly it's a pound. Yeah, yeah. And, that's oh, just, yeah. and you know, when I was when I was guiding there for a while, it was like. Oh, and I was getting into the video, so I had the cameras were never yep. this small. Um, you remember them? Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, hauling them around, like it, we, I actually—that's one thing I did do is I bought Dad a, a doll sheep hunt for. He always wanted a doll sheep after he got his big horn. Right. And I saved money, and and actually, me and my sister and my mom got together and, and paid for part of it, and and uh, <clears throat> we bought that for him. And I went with him, and I I got a bit of a deal on it if I went and filmed and and helped guide or pack or whatever yeah. the label is, eh? And we went to Alaska, and that was something special. Like, but our, oh, we had so much weight. Like, a person doesn't realize you're, you're like, I was lugging 100 pounds, you know? My dad yep. was, what was he, about 60 or just under 60 when we went, and it was a backpack-only area, but the sweetest thing ever. We did that and found the ram, and he ended up shooting a book ram, but we didn't really care about the size as long as it was a good representative. And, yeah. and then we had to sleep there on the side of the mountain under a tarp right on a glacier and look across and the moon's hitting the glacier on the far side. And, oh my you gosh, know, that like, just gives me shivers. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Actually, that video is actually on, on uh, my Vimo page or my website. And that's yeah. still one of the ones that still gets yeah. the most yeah. attention. Everyone it, says that's and special. It, would. it is. It is mm-hmm. special anytime. And it's so quiet. Mm-hmm. That's people, what sheep hunting is. Well, it is. To be. It is supposed to be. But people don't, people who've never done it don't understand the power of the silence because yeah. it is deafening. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you remember that valley that we shot our goats in? Yeah. And th- there was three glaciers in there. Yeah. And it was just, it was just, you were, you kind of forgot what you were there for. Oh yeah, you, you know, because it was you start looking around and it's like you just you just absolutely forget that oh I'm supposed to be looking for those goats or whatever, right? Because you just you just it's, it was overwhelming, but and, and we lived this stuff in our mm-hmm. li- all our life, right? You remember who you were with, and yeah, you know, funny things that happened or not so funny things that happened when we came down off the mountain with those two goats. Yeah, 
<laughs> and I'm trying to follow him and it's dead dark and there's not, um, there isn't a path anywhere there. And you know what happens when you've got, I had a, probably 150 pounds on. Yeah. Because I had a full cape goat and all that mm-hmm. in. And uh, Anyway, you know what and happens then in the mountains? You, what, what do you do? You, f- you, f- you find the, the uh, muskeg and the, you know, oh, the yeah. balsam muskeg, yeah. right? It's like, oh. <laughs> that's worse than climbing. Yeah, <laughs> way worse. No. But people, people forget that. So that's, I, I know you get questions lots about this. I, I sure do. I get emails all the time, you know, we're posting pictures. Well, we have to post pictures to sell hunts, you know. And, and oh, like if you're doing, you know, you're doing it for, why are you shooting big ones? You should be doing this for meat. And forget that about trophy hunters. Trophy hunters use way more than just meat hunters. Yep. We shoot mm-hmm. an old bull, and then we have, like, if you look around here, all these mountain animals. Every time you look at one of those animals, those memories come flooding oh, back. Oh, yep. yeah. And, yep. and now you've used the cape, you've used the antlers, and people think we don't eat them. Yeah. They're, we they're... Take, we have to take all the meat. Yeah. You have to take it's every ounce. Absolutely. And why wouldn't you? It's, it's healthy, it's delicious, and it's it, you know where it's coming from. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't understand that when, and I well, guess they just don't I, understand. Well, they don't, and, and sometimes... The, the best thing you can do for you and for them is just not have the conversation because they want to fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they don't, yeah. they're not engaging with you yeah, to understand. Right. They just want to pick a fight with yeah. you. And that's one thing, you know, that we've learned in our years of, of, you know, and as social media has built to be what it is today and who knows where it'll be next year, but we just don't engage with the people that you, you, you can't you have a, a reasonable yes. conversation. No, you don't. You, you get a you get a feel yeah. for them. They, and you just yeah. say, "I don't." They're not going to change your mind. No, and you're and not going to change theirs. So no it's, we, let's talk about something different, eh? Yeah, like, yeah. well, they're, yeah. they're just trying to be emotional. And and you know, today one of the obscenities of social media is that they can attach terrible connotations to things like like trophy. Now is a terrible thing to to say. You know, being rich is a terrible thing. Being wealthy is a terrible thing. Like I mean, I, I don't understand how this gets twisted around, but it, it's once again it's that politics of, of division where where we can, you know, because you have more than me that, that that's wrong, you know, we can divide people up and and we can well, we cause can strife that way, right? We can segment yeah. our our own even within our own outdoor world, right? Yeah. yeah. Just you know, like you were talking about, uh, and I was talking about too, fistfights on the mountain and whatnot. It's just this, this idea that one has more right than another well, to be in a certain place at a certain time for a certain thing. It's like it's, we're going backwards in evolution. Yeah, I it's, agree. It's, it's like the balance between resident hunters and, and mm-hmm. outfitters. I understand that. I understand the the need for both and and for respecting both. Uh, but we get a lot of a lot of people contact and want us to be you know, mm-hmm. lead the charge against, you know, hang all the outfitters and, mm-hmm. and it, it can't, it can't, can't be that way, but no. I'm a resident first. Still, I've been a resident forever. Yeah. And that's what I, I know I do my best effort. I run into people. I get people following me, um, trying to figure out things from pictures and videos and stuff. And oh, sure. I, I, I can tell right now, like I, I put stuff in there to mix people up on purpose. Right. Oh yeah. Yes. And, but the odd person figures it out or you stumble upon them and all you can do is actually met one of my best guides doing this he, they were in there and he kind of joked about it. finally we found your one of your spots and i was like okay you know well where are you guys you. gonna hunt <laughs> and he said well we're planning on hunting here i'm like okay we'll go over here and uh well, we won't come through here because you're here yeah. and you leave us out like fair is fair oh and they couldn't believe it yeah and they they were like you know what that's a pretty good move and we've had our fun here for a couple of days we're gonna go try a different area have at her 
It was but, amazing. But it, to the, up to that point, they were looking for a fight, weren't they? Well, they were just they, they, <laughs> well, to they, see what would they come were of excited it, I guess. almost to see me, I think, because he had kind of followed me around a little bit. So, oh, okay. But you know, like, oh man, this is the right spot, kind of, or one of them, or whatever. But, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it. It just, <laughs> but no, we developed a great friendship. So, so things can. If, as long as you're willing to work through it, I mean, there's lots of game out there. It doesn't mean they're going to be standing right there, right there. You know, well, I, I it's think it's not all at the end of the road either, yeah. right? Because that's, the, I mean, we've oh. run into that so many times. You know, you'd be picking your way down, and mm-hmm. somebody will just go roaring past you because they're going to get to yeah. the end of the road first. And then you get one. Yeah. And then yeah. you get one because <laughs> they well, see you on the way back. Yeah. Eh? yeah. I can remember I wasn't very old when I, f- I first learned that lesson. Um, my father and I, and, and those days, you know, I mean, you drove around in a pickup like, we did have pickups back then. Mm. I was maybe I was maybe 10, 11 years old. And that's what they called a horse and carriage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, you know, people get up behind him, you know, and we're we're going down the I don't even think the road even exists anymore. It used to be the Big Mountain Road down through Big yeah. Mountain Creek and oh. anyway, uh we stop. Uh, you know, dad says, oh, "Let's just pull over and and we'll we'll have a cup of pour a cup of coffee." So I he pulls over and, and I'm pouring coffee as these people are going by. And of course, I'm a kid. I'm all excited. You know, it's morning time. Dawn's just breaking kind of thing. These people all go by and he says, well, we'll just sit here and wait. And the dust settles and that. And we're sitting there and I'm, I'm just antsy to get yeah. going. And a cow and bull walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Big mistake. Yeah, right there. We're, we're done yeah. right there. You know, <laughs> it's pretty bad when you got to move it out of the way on the road when other people yeah. are coming yeah. back. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> but that was that lesson stuck with me my whole life. Is like, why are you in a rush to be over there? You know, yeah, you don't know they're going to be over there. Well, we ran into the same thing when we were in New Zealand, actually, because yeah. um, you know, we'd, we'd had a good day hunting tar and he got one, yeah. and it was a beautiful day that day. But as we were coming down off the mountain, the weather was starting to mm-hmm. pull in and, and on the South Island and the Southern Alps where we were, it, you know, I mean, you just looked around and you could tell they get snow and down there and we were, we were there in that season. Yep. So we started out the next morning, a, a big fog had rolled in and it was drizzly rain and whatnot, but our outfitter was just head down and yeah. going up the mountain and Richard's like, you know, Neil, we should probably <laughs> slow down because, yeah. you know, we can't see. Well, one minute you could see 50 yards and then you might see yeah. 300 and then it goes back those in. Those Kiwis are nuts though. Well, they go, are. Go, 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 go. Well, oh. he, he, you know, oh, we'll just pop up over yeah. here and it's like, oh, yeah. pop up. Yeah. We'll okay, just climb maybe. over this mountain in the yeah, next half it. hour. We'll climb those but cliffs. that's exactly what happened though, is <laughs> that we stopped. Neil came back. We kind of, you know, just chit-chatted a little bit because there was Neil and then, um, what was the fellow's name that was with him? And you and I anyway, there yeah. was the four of us. Yep. And we just stopped, and then the fog kind of lifted, and here was this whole band, and that's that tar that's on the wall there. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. awesome, aren't they? Oh, oh yeah. I, yeah. I have hunted them. I never got one. I let my friend go first, and it's kind of like that. We got down off the mountain, and it, we had monsoon for four days, and there, we got stuck in between two rivers. We couldn't. There's tar all over the mountain. We couldn't get up. So I got to yeah. get back there in the next couple of years. And you do, because it I is, love it. it's oh, yeah. such love a country. beautiful yeah. place. And then, well, we almost ruined a camera, because that was... Our first trip yeah. was there, and we went to the South Island first, mm-hmm. and then we took, we had a grand time, we, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of tourist and stuff. Well, but we went up to the North Island mm-hmm. where um, 
We took the ferry across a midnight crossing, bumpy, oh, yeah. ugly, it lost rained, a motor. No, <laughs> rained 16 inches in oh, two yeah. days or something Sounds like that. Sounds like my tour hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. was, was like, I, I couldn't believe it could rain that much. Oh, we, we literally crossed the river and it was not even the width of this room and not even to our knees in the deepest spot. And we got up the next morning after getting back. It started to rain right when we finished boning that thing out. And we got back, it was a two-hour walk back, and just lightly raining. We got up in the morning, and there was boulders the size of cars rolling down the river. I've never seen anything like it. And there's a river on each side of us. Wow. <laughs> well, so we, that was Four fun. days of watching tar from there, like, and it was just kept raining, and finally it stopped, and we still couldn't cross. I tried, and it was it was something. But that's beautiful country over there. That's oh, yeah, so fun. it sure is. Yeah. So you... Recently purchased a trap line. Yes, I did. And uh, tell us a little bit about where it's at, how big it is. It's uh, it's not a real big one, but it's big country. Um, it's pretty long and narrow. It's right along the BC border, so it's fairly remote. It'd be kind of south of Grand Prairie, along there. So uh, I guess uh, closest. It's almost closer to Tumblr in a weird okay. way. Yeah, okay. uh, or not closer, but it's that way. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's only 1.6 townships, but man, it's a lot of country to cover. And it yeah. is the funnest thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's just because it's new and it's it just expands this way of life. But I never seen myself as a trapper. I was always interested in it. Um, it's kind of funny how I, I got interested in it. It's my dad's best friend who helped raise me hunting and, and got me into all that stuff. As He was a big time trapper. And I was so busy playing sports in the winter and, and stuff and I, oh I'll go next year I'll go next year thinking that and then as I got older I got busier and and uh yeah still kind of kept putting it off yeah I think I'd like to get interested but why would I ever do that I got to concentrate on this outfitting and like I can't make any money trapping and I was missing the boat like he was a great trapper and then he got really sick actually and got Lyme's disease and ALS and passed on and then that was when it was kind of kick-started me like I gotta like you can't hesitate no, in this, in this world, no. you can't you can't put stuff off that you might be interested in. So, I started kind of kicking some tires and waiting for a line that fit me nice. And finally, this one came up. I actually worked, tried to work on it for two or three years, bugging the guys and stuff. And and then all of a sudden, I got this phone call, and yeah, we're we're selling the line. Okay, like <laughs> I've I've went with a few friends a couple times, but I you know like how are we going to do this? So it was a little bit of an awkward thing. It's still. I guess in the process of transfer, but we got it. So technically you're a junior for, for, um, a while and you're yeah. working under the, the current senior and they've yeah. been great with that and everything. So, um, it's, it's went really well, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. It's, it's, uh, we talked about that social media and, and getting out there, the quietness. So mm -hmm. it's my favorite thing to do now is go out, no cell service, no internet, nothing, you know, you know, the thing that I was amazed by, and I mean, I like, lived the whole life out mm -hmm. there and, and that but it was a time of the year when you really didn't spend a lot of time in the bush yeah like i mean it was the time of the year where you maybe went out and got a load of wood or two you know maybe maybe half a dozen times a year or went out and burned a wiener when you're just stir crazy mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff but you didn't spend a bunch of concentrated time and there was a whole bunch of animals that you didn't know a bunch about yeah you like know like I've seen me, two Martin in my life before then or yeah. whatever, right? Well, I, I've seen them. I've yeah. seen them, but, they, you know, it was a rare thing. I didn't know much about them. Yeah. You know, because it just wasn't, it never was in the wheelhouse, right? Otters. 
Like mm-hmm. we have a, a lot of otter on our line, and I it was just something I I knew nothing about, and I I knew that you know at one time otter were river otter were in trouble in Alberta, and I, I just assumed that I you know Smoky River, you know mm-hmm. you, you, if you're around the Smoky River for very long, usually you'll see an otter in that, and that was always so very special. So when I got out there, and um, all of a sudden you know here's these otter tracks through the snow, it's like. They're out in the snow. Like yeah. I mean, I, yeah. it was it, it was such a shock, right? Yeah, there was there was just so much I didn't know, and I cannot tell you. I mean, and maybe it's the same for you. I cannot tell you how much it has changed my appreciation of the outdoors, and how much it's increased my education mm-hmm. about these animals. You know, and just, their habitat and what goes on out there in the depth of winter. And I think it makes you better, like for for someone like myself or you or anybody. I think it makes you not that appreciation is is amazing, but it also makes you more uh, more adept for hunting or guiding or just being out in the outdoors. Like I mean, you're spending more time, you're thinking like animals, you're out in the environment, and it's just awesome. It's so fun. I mean, even the realization that when when you're setting up a, a lynx pen or when or when you're setting up. Uh, a wolverine pen or whatever just to get down on your knees and look at it from their height mm-hmm. even the realization to do that's a big is a quite the revelation mm-hmm. and when you do it it's like oh it does make a big difference mm-hmm. right now now i understand because when you were standing up you know we got five six feet of, of of well five feet of of elevation difference on them things look different from up here mm-hmm. but when you get down on that on theirs then you can see what's important you know and i i was just whether you're a hunter or a fisherman i've said this many times you have uh, there is an advantage of distance, whether you're mm-hmm. shooting a rifle, a bow, or casting a, a hook or whatever. You don't have to get them right up to you. Mm-hmm. But when you're trapping, you have to convince them to go right there. Yeah, and people miss that. And I I don't know. It's hard to explain for me. I don't know why I'm having such a good time with it. Other than that, it's it's something new, and it's exactly how you said it. I, It's just a release for me now, and it's 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 mine. It's I'm not guiding people doing it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you and, and I love experience. guiding and, yeah. and stuff, but this is just something totally different. And it's, it's so cool when you do learn something, cause you learn lots fast. And yep. for me, it was, you have to learn this right now. And I had a lot of skills from hunting and fishing and whatever. It's, it, it is similar in a lot of ways. I find it very similar to fishing. Yeah. Um, but it was, okay, it's time to go trapping. And then we got a late start cause the winter was late getting here and it was swampy. It's such a swamp out there and yeah. we couldn't get around skidoos and then, you know, so we were trying these quads and side by sides. Side by side got stolen. Oh, yeah, like it was just like. <laughs> so we had we had something like twenty or twenty five traps within like three and a half kilometers of the cabin. And the first set we caught like three Martin. We were pumped, or two or two Martin won the next time, and that was pretty good. And then we ended up getting a we got a Lynx on our first Lynx set ever. Um, just like the pens, like you guys did. Yeah. And I watched all the, the Travers Inc. shows and I read books and, and I'm like, and my, even my partner was like, holy smokes, you're like, you're really hardcore on this. I was going out every week, at least for a couple of days. And yeah. he's like, you're crazy. And I said, well, man, I got time now. Like, this is, this yeah. is perfect for me. I should have been doing this for 15 years. Yeah. You know, you know the thing, I mean, of course, if you're going to be a trapper up here in the North in the winter time, you're going to learn how to do a lot of stuff in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, and that for me um 
the total relaxation that comes with that darkness. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm out there and, and, and you shut off the machine and, and you get out. And it might be 2, 3 in the morning, yeah. right? And you get out and, you know, maybe the wolves are hauling way off there. Or, or maybe it's just dead quiet and the northern lights are up there. And it's, it's just you're at such peace. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to explain. And people, people think about, you know, the... How, how uh, you know dangerous how cold it is, is and how dangerous it is and all that. You don't think about any of that. Well, it's not and, dangerous. Well, there there certainly is, you know, more danger in the darkness than there is yeah. in the in the daylight, right? You're doing and, and things take longer. If you and, break down, you've yeah. it might be a long walk or whatever, and it and, you know and the cold. You can never ever underestimate the, yeah. you know the the danger of cold, but it's it, it's just. There is so much relaxation, and even though you go out, I don't know what your your trips are like, but our trips, you know, is three days, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm I probably work between twenty eight and you know thirty hours in those in those oh, yeah. three days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah, you come back at the at the end of all of it, and you're just pumped up, ready. You know, it's like you, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, like you've been on vacation. Right? I haven't slept as good ever. Like I get in the cabin, <laughs> and we got so it's a beautiful cabin, and. You know, I live there. I, I sleep so good there. I think it's away from everything. That's, and I'm like you, but it's perfect for my personality, and that's why guiding works good for me too. I can't. I must have ADD or something. Like I can't sit still. Yeah. But then you're right. There's a calmness that comes with that. So I'll get up at three, four in the morning, and away I'll go. And my if my trapping partner happens to be with me or whatever, he's all mad at me because he <laughs> he's he's busy all week working. So he it's more of a relaxation thing for him. Whereas I. Like my, I want to be a trapper. Yeah. I love the trapping is the relaxing part for me. And I give her and I don't get back to the cabin until after dark. And I'm just giving her between traps and checking as many as I can. And he's trying to keep up and he's getting mad. Well, we should maybe get going back. No, we got to, you know, like, <laughs> let's go. We got time. Well, 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 it's almost dark. Yeah. We got lights. Like, let's go. He's giving me a hard time all the time. He wants to go back and have a rum and, and play some cards. And that's great too. We do lots of that. Like, I mean, that's part of it. You get, yeah. you sit that, there and you play crib or that Yahtzee. camaraderie is, yeah. Yeah. And Jeez. I like pissing them off a little bit sometimes oh, too. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it you, works you, good. You know though. how to play crib, but no yeah. sitter that knows how to play crib. I'm shocked. You're surprised, <laughs> eh? I know how to solve a lot of world problems too, right? Like, no, we're cruising along and it works. It's almost perfect when we're doing a Martin check. And I love Martin trapping. Yeah. Like that is, I love setting for links too, but I, I mean, Martin is fun. It's relatively easy. I mean, once you're set, there's, there's no such thing as easy in trapping, but it's, it's once you're set, you can give her pretty good. And yeah. And I got a little narrower skidoo than him, and I'm used to going through bush. I'm just right through the willows and stuff that are on our lines. And here he is. He's coming, and he's mad, so he's chopping the odd branch. So I'm in there. I've <laughs> rebaited or lured or checked or grabbed the Martin, and by the time I get it all reset, I walk back to the skidoo, and he comes idling along. Hey, and away we go. <laughs> I don't even let him stop. And he's just mad. But He might want to eat I a mean, sandwich or something. Yeah, and, and that's what I've been told by all my – I have a few friends that are really good trappers, and they uh, they told me, like, it's all about efficiency. Yep. Yep, just keep keep – given her and uh don't get them in too hard of spots and so i like to keep moving and but that again that's it i'm i'm weird that way that's relaxing to me that's what i love to do is just that's, give her and put in oh a hard yeah. day yeah, that's, that's him that's yeah. me too like i mean i have i have over 300 kilometers of trail yeah yeah and and i, I will cover all of that in that 
28 hours that yeah. I'm, I'm out there, you know. So I don't have that much. My trap line's not big enough, but someday I will have. No, but get them cut. Yeah, you know, you, you you just keep going, but it's it just I don't know. I it's just it's just so uh, so relaxing, and, and I love the the thought process. I love the fact that we have so many different animals. Like mm-hmm. I, I I know we get because of our of the TV show that we we have the privilege of, of talking with a lot of people that are are specialists. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Morley with his wolves and yes. and you, you know the the different people that we've talked to uh, Ryan and and uh, and coyotes and they they have their animal that is their animal and when you sit there and listen to them and and that you realize that they they understand the animal they understand you know that they can have a conversation with it basically mm-hmm. is what it amounts to I'm not that good with anything but no. I, I I have a, a bunch of different animals that I'm I'm uh, you know learning pretty good on it mm-hmm. it's it's quite enjoyable. It is. It's you start thinking like them, and I always used to bug my sheep hunters that or moose hunters like, you want to get a moose first. You have to become the moose. You know, like that's yeah. something I just would joke around about. But it trapping's on another level that way. You really got to think like. Well, them. and the, the other thing is too is the people that you meet, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're fortunate in Alberta that we've got a really great community of trappers, and here mm-hmm. I know you belong to the local that we belong to, but it, we're a different group of people. We. You know, yeah. and yet there's people from all kind of walks of life that we have a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a, we have a doctor. Yeah. We have many many oil field oil field company folks. owners, yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. Farmers. Yep. Bankers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like I like how it's it used to be so secretive, and that was the thing. Like as I read books and I talked to people and. I'm like, man, why didn't I hear about this? I give my dad a hard time. You know, he's telling me these stories. Oh, we could have had this trap line for five grand. And it was one of, you know, but we didn't want to spend that much money back in the seventies or eighties. And I'm thinking what? And they had, it's not as if they couldn't come up with five grand. And back then the links was going for 1200 bucks, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and like it was good money back then, but it was a secret. Yep. Yeah. Every, yeah. like the trappers didn't even want to get out that it was a good to non-trapping people. And, uh, like we were at a meeting. I don't know if you were at that one. I think you were. Yeah. And it was my first meeting went and one of the guys brought up or a couple of them actually said, you know, like, this is the problem. We can't keep growing or it's impossible for us to grow and get more people interested because only trappers, you know, people that have trapped and it's went down the line are the people that become trappers. And I actually had to stand up and say, no, like, actually, yeah, this is my first year and I've wanted to, but now I've decided I'm going to do it. And I did it. Yeah. And my dad never trapped. We, I grew up hunting and fishing but i never trapped but it's something i was interested in and like you can get into this well and, and that has been one of the main driving forces behind yeah. trapping inc was was to share part of it was was to um combat you know the PETA stuff and the mm-hmm. skinned alive bs and all that stuff we, we it was very important to, to spread the truth because mm-hmm. trappers were so secretive as you've pointed out, and because they were secretive, people told lies about them, and they never defended themselves because they didn't want to, yeah. to draw stand attention. up. Yeah. yeah, they didn't want to draw any attention. So that world's over. Uh, it yeah, is. It is over. But yeah. the the really neat part of what the feedback that we get through social media and and direct you know emails and stuff is, you know, my grandpa trapped, or my uncle trapped, or the neighbor trapped, and mm-hmm. and you know I'm into it now, or. I did it when I was a kid and I'm 60 years old now and I'm getting right back into it. You know, it's just sort of reigniting Mm -hmm. what, what some people have known and there's other people that haven't had any connection to it at all. I never did. You did. But, um, 
you know, it's it's a whole different world and it's a whole different group of people that are involved. Canada so was built on it. Yep. Martin. Yep. You like you like the Martin. Oh, I love it. What, what, the what, Martin season anyway. Like t- tell, tell, tell me some lessons you learned about Martin this year. <sighs> uh, well, number one is I, <laughs> we were talking about this in the basement, but I will never set another horizontal box. It's not that I didn't catch any that way, but we get so much snow out there. Yeah. And, and you know, like I learned, I don't have the mice. Right. Or not many, uh, and which is a good thing in a way, but they eat squirrels. So, you know, for me, luckily, I can find the nicest big spruce tree with boughs and I can put a Martin box on there, you know, head high or whatever. Yeah. They love running up that bark. I don't have to put leaners. It's, you know, yeah. you can nail it or wire it to the tree, however you want to do it. So that's pretty, that's one thing I learned. Uh, the efficiency thing we talked about, um, like we got, a, when we first went out there, we were just putting boxes on trees and trying leaners. And, you know, we had this little area that we could do and we were just excited to do it. So we got yeah. out and set some boxes <laughs> and we got a couple, but you know, it was, that was a big thing was starting to learn what to look for. Right. And, uh, and just the country and, you know, by the end of it, um, cause I, I was still up until the last, I pulled about, pulled my traps about four or five days before the season ended. Cause I, I got busy and we, I figured we had enough. Yeah. Um, kept track of all my, you know, mm-hmm. did the book and everything for the ACA and, and all that. And we, we did awesome. Uh, two out of every three were males and like, it was just, yeah. it just went perfect. We ended up with 28, which was for, I think we had 60 traps out only for, That's good. and for only part of the season. So I, I was pretty proud of that. My goal was 25. So so that was good, but I just, I don't know. I, you just learn what to look for. It, it's hard to even explain. Like when we first went out there, we thought we we're like, we're probably calling squirrel tracks, Martin tracks. Like, we're so excited, <laughs> right? Like if I, you start to learn, it, you catch your first one, you follow the tracks to it yeah. and you see how they move and how they run around the tree. And sometimes we got a couple that didn't go in. So we fooled around with bait, you yeah. know, and found out that out there, um, beaver and squirrel yeah. work good. Uh, use link a couple times cause we got some links and. And that worked a little bit, but the, the beaver, and by the end I was doing beaver squirrel combo, <laughs> you know, like and I tried a bunch <laughs> a of different lures and you know what though, I found when I changed things up in my, on my line anyway, is, uh, that's when it really seemed to, uh, work. Every time I changed it up, we would get, we get them and get to a new area or whatever. And they love the creeks. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. love running the yeah. creeks. Um, uh, you find a good area, you put a couple traps, you don't, you don't have to necessarily space them out. Uh, exactly a kilometer to nope. a part or whatever nope. you know you, you learn where to look and, and man it works once you start you catch a Paid few and you start yeah, and it's, yeah that's why i like it like fishing you you watch where that fish is jumping or you see what the bugs are in the water and i always i always talk about uh, about fishing and people talk about you know uh, well how do you know where the right spot is i said well you know 10 percent of the water holds 90 percent of the fish mm-hmm. i said it's just like if you have somebody you know you go to a party and and uh, you you find people will be clustered against the wall or clustered around the couch or whatever nobody's standing right out in the middle yeah. of the dance floor you know they're, 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 that, that's yeah. not the the right structure right and it's yeah. the same thing with with, uh, with the martin uh, skinning was fun i like that were you surprised at the size of track they have yeah, a little bit. Uh, well, again, it's kind of hard. You get fresh snow; they look bigger and and stuff. But they're they're actually quite big. Yeah, yeah, like, they are. Like that's what I mean. The first time we went out, it's like, oh, is that a squirrel or a weasel or a martin? You know, and then, <laughs> well, maybe it's a fisher. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but by the by by a couple of weeks in, we were we had it pretty dialed in. Um, 
I know same thing like when we got a Wolverine we set for that that was a that's a pretty special one for me because had that idea of building it make it look like something buried it and have only one way in and right. built the tunnel in there and had the trap part way in there and and all covered so the snow couldn't get it in and put an old deer cape or something off one of the deer I shot and yeah. some beaver in there and and that worked like a charm but I got to you know take dad out and he kind of got to supervise while I built this and throw oh, cool. some ideas my way and stuff so that's a memory <laughs> like well, I'm going to get that thing mounted with oh, one of my yeah. first links and yeah. that's again that's the memory I'm going to keep that one for myself and yeah. might be the only one I ever get I don't think there's a lot out there I know the previous trappers have never got them but we set for that for that species and we got them and it well, worked you're you're in the foothills, so I mean, yeah. there, there there should be. There's a, there's obviously there's a few. Most most of your your trap line, if it's the one I'm thinking about, that's it's mostly like black spruce, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Swamp spruce. Yeah. Stuff, swamp yeah. spruce. Yeah. So, yeah. so you don't you don't have a lot of hardwood ridges or anything like that, or no, not really. There's a few ridges, but it, that one's mostly lake and swamp, and that's why we couldn't get around it. And there's a couple of river and creek valleys. Yeah. Like I know the river valley was dynamite. Like we had a one spot that i think we got 12 or 13 of our martin off like a really? two kilometer run and they just kept coming no kidding all year yeah well, right till because the end. they're traveling they're, yeah they're, they're traveling we yeah. found their spot and you know like and then finally i pulled those ones a little bit early because we got a couple females before that we we're getting huge males yeah and then and a few juvenile males so they're running through there and there were squirrels all over and squirrel towns and and stuff like it was awesome the one the one pole we we, we put there's, you could tell it was a good one. Actually, there was a box left there from the, the, the senior yeah. partner. So he showed us, yeah, we've had pretty good luck here. So <laughs> we we went out there and we put a, a squirrel pole down from each side of the box and put the trap there. And, and we caught a, we caught a couple. And then one time I came there and we had five squirrels on this pole, six on this one and a Martin hanging <laughs> out of the box. Like, it was like, woohoo. <laughs> know? Christmas morning. Yeah. Actually, that was our best run. We did, uh, I went out there and that's the time I got my Wolverine. I got, I think we got like 16 or 17 squirrels, half a dozen weasel, seven Martin, uh, a lynx and a Wolverine. Yeah. Wow. All in one check, one day check. Like, it was crazy. So, any mink out there? Must be some mink there, on the river. I never sat for any. Yeah. Uh, but there is, there's got to be some, because there's some, especially along the river where there's some yeah. fish and, and there's a couple of little lakes and stuff that have streams going into them with lots of muskrats. So yeah, I, I didn't bother even like this year was mainly, I'm trying to learn and I really wanted to focus on Martin and Lynx and, and yeah. Wolverine because it's fun. I got a few dog sets out there, but um, yeah, we haven't really, I don't want to educate them just yet. I think I got a little bit of Is there a lot of wolf there? Not, not much anymore. There no. was a few years ago, even up to, but. Uh, well, what happened? Well, game starts dropping. The wolves yeah. have to move on or die, right? It's just how it it's is. Exactly with yeah. our trap line. There's we have a lot of a lot of muskeg, a lot of swamp, so it doesn't support a lot mm -hmm. of ungulates. I mean, it, there are moose there, but not a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, we probably haven't seen a dozen moose in in twenty thousand kilometers no, out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's it, uh, you know, we, if there there isn't the ungulates there, you don't have the wolf. Yeah, right? and it's it is it's tough country. I mean. And I mean, even a moose isn't necessarily great food source for a wolf. You know, they'd rather, there's a couple of caribou kicking around there and, and stuff. So there's, there's there some caribou. food. Yeah. There's a small herd there. Yeah. They go back and forth from BC. So you never really know where they are, but you see their tracks once in a while. And the old trappers had some notes in the book there in the cabin of seeing them and, and stuff. So that's kind of cool. You come in there, oh, there's caribou tracks. There is a couple of lives still kind of thing, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So that's I'm cool. Sure the history them. though, like that 
booklet that you said too, right? Yeah, like I've just continued that on. And, yeah. you know, that's the first thing I do when I get back or before I go to bed or whatever in the cabin is I fill out what I did for the day or that weekend or whatever. And yeah. it's it's going to be it's cool nice. to go back and read the, the whole history of it. So any cougar? Yes, yeah, definitely. I've seen a few tracks and I've seen them out there before, before I was trapping out there. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot, but there's not a lot of a cougar are elusive, right? There's always more than you think there is. Well, I mean, and you're on that river valley. Right? Yeah. I mean, the river valley is always a big yeah. feeder for for the for the cougar, right? And we got a few links. Like, it's not crazy with link. Yeah, if you went back across the river, back towards, like, where there's logging and stuff, there's a lot more links there. Yeah. They had a really good year over there that this year. Um, I, have, I know some guys that own a couple trap lines there, and they were just it was slaughter. They so many links. Well, you probably don't support a big rabbit population on uh, your side. There's a few, and that's Is where there? we ended up getting them. Like, yeah. we only had five or six lynx sets out, maybe seven by the end. But at first, there was one, and we got a lynx in the first one, you know. And then and then we had, like, five. We ended up getting three lynx, and, and we're only allowed four. So. Your quote is four. Yeah. So yeah. that that was pretty, like, that was pretty nice. We were hoping to get one or two, you know. And So, and so you have quota on Fisher as well? Yeah, just one. Just one? Yeah, there's not a lot of Fisher there. We managed to... Get a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we got well, one over, but there's a lot sure. of accidental catch as long as you did everything. You know, like as soon as we got the one, I took all the 160s down and just tried to limit it. And then the other one was like shortly thereafter. Yeah. I mean, it was, and it was a young, it was a juvenile. So it got its head in a 120 quite easily. And yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, talk, I had a good talk with the biologist uh, about that. And he said, oh yeah, as long as you're doing your stuff. And he says, if you start going over lots, you'll have to go, you know, try to get the boxes with the holes in them and stuff. Yeah. Which, None of us really want to do that's no I think that would you wouldn't catch as many Martin doing that i I just take and pull everything yeah when i i'm I have a much larger fisher quota, but mm-hmm. when I run up when i when I start get within three or four <laughs> yeah <laughs> three or four of my fisher quota because I mean sometimes you go and you have six fisher right like I mean, yeah. it's, it, it it can happen like that, so when I get within three or whatever, I start pulling everything yeah. I pull all my martin sets out because we do kill a ton of them in one twenties uh yeah, that's plenty big enough to get him. Like plenty big enough. Well, that guy over there, yeah. he was over fourteen pounds, and he was killed in a one twenty. Well, the same with that one. They had the picture of in the cab, and they got one that was over four feet long. Like it looks like a wolverine. Yeah, it, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a one twenty. So, I mean, and that's part of the reason I pulled him a few days early too. We had we got a second fisher, and the other one. They're both right near the end, and you know, like the senior told me after calling, he's like, "Don't worry, we've only ever caught one in like twenty some years." Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I go up. Oh, don't worry. But but no, the biologist was really good. And I mean, I I still think if you if you have a way to work with them, you can. There's a way that we can figure this out to work together on stuff like I that. I think you so know? too. So what what are your plans? Like what, what's what's the next thing you want to accomplish? Uh, in trapping. In trapping. Um, well, first of all, I gotta get a lot more experience. It's been so fun. Though. Um, I I want to get. For the future for that line, I'd like to get up to about 40 Martin a year. I know I can do that after what I learned this year because I could have easily had 30 and we didn't, we trapped like a third of the line. Right. So that's kind of my goal is to get 40 a year and, you know, try to keep that two out of three males or very close to that at least. Yep. They say 50% is pretty sustainable, but two out of three is very like yep. right yep. In, in that line. Uh, of course, I'd like to keep trying to get a Wolverine a year, but that's fun, right? Um, but I, I, I want to get better at the, at the snaring dogs. We, we're doing good with the lynx. So we do the setup like you. The, you know, that I think that's just an awesome setup. That's how we got them all. We had a few different setups, never got any lynx, but they were all around the pens. Yeah. And they were all big adults, so that was awesome. 
And, uh, but that's, I would like to get onto a line someday, uh, even if it's a junior, uh, another line so I can do more Martin, but I'd like to get into a few more species. Like I'd like to get a North line yeah, uh, and get into the, I like trapping links. They're, oh. they're so cool. And uh, I wish they were obviously worth a little bit more. I don't understand. They're so beautiful. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and you know, when you do a, a display of fur and that, there's never been a lady that didn't walk up and want to touch the lynx. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that they're, they're just attracted to those cats. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, don't, I don't understand either. I, yeah. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, like everybody talks about the bobcat and, you know, the, some of them go for 3500 bucks. But when you take a look at the geographic area on the map oh. that, where, the, where those $3,500 bobcat yeah. come from, it's this little tiny corner of Wyoming and Utah kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and uh, that's where those, those super valuable cats come from. I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it is about, about the lynx. They're, they're gorgeous. At one time I had enough for, I had, I had 20, just about two dozen, I guess, and I was mm-hmm. going to have a coat made for you. But then to try and find a furrier that could make you a coat. Mm. Yeah, that's that's tough, and I mean the fur is beautiful. You look around here; it's all hanging around, and that's that's another thing I'd like to get a little bit into. That is, it, it, my partner even had said something like that. He'd like to learn how to self tan some stuff. You know, yeah. just you can experiment. Uh, my best friend, he's a trapper too. He he uh, he made a pair of mitts for a friend, and that, that turned out really good out of beaver. That's something else I got to get into. That's supposed to be fun. <laughs> beaver trapping. It's oh, good yeah. bait, too. Well, well, we're about to start that. We're, yeah. we're, we're about to get serious here. Uh, the, this uh, will be going up Friday and nice. um, be setting up the the big otter line and setting up all of mm-hmm. And we got a lot of beaver this year. Oh, my God. That's lots awesome. and lots and lots of beaver. Yeah. And it, but that's a good way to work that one is. That, yeah. There's lots of work I've got to learn that. about that a little bit, too. And I'm just, I'm just like a sponge now. I'm like a little kid. I just, I want to soak up everything. I love it. Um, I think it's just a great not only a pastime but a way of life and yeah i I wish it would come back like i always say i was born probably 50 years too late because this is this is what i love to do between outfitting and and trapping and all that like there's no better place to be than out there oh absolutely and you know what it makes me feel good to see somebody of your age being so involved in it because uh you know sometimes you get to thinking that we're the last dinosaur you know yeah and don't don't (laughs) point at me with you (laughs) I I see that. Did they make dinosaur <laughs> snares back then or what? My kids, Put my, holes. My, yeah. my my boys especially say that I w- I was in on the on the last Stegosaurus hunt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to, well, that's another thing in business we have is a place to finish concrete. That's more dad's a business, but uh, I've worked for him for twenty years, and that's what I always bug him about. You know, like we got to watch for dogs and kids walking through the concrete. Now, what was it like when you had to? you know shoot dinosaurs away <laughs> it's I, I should get but, i should get together with your dad yeah <laughs> but hey he's 60 is he 67 67 or no not quite that old maybe 65 and uh and he's still pouring concrete i hope i can do half that and you know like he i just felt like he kind of missed out a little bit he he did awesome with us he he took us fishing, camping, whatever, every weekend hunting. But I feel like if he would have got into something like this and he comes with me once in a while or comes, hangs out, you know, helps the guy out and he just loves it too. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool. I, I hope I can do that for five kids or, you know, friends, kids or whatever, nieces, nephews, yeah. share that a little bit with, cause we have to promote it. I think it, it's, it is dying this way of life in a weird way. Like there's lots of people that love it, but it's, well, you know, it's kind of like, the rug. like, 
hunting though there mm-hmm. you know there aren't as many opportunities to get out there and do the things it's cuz well, same thing you know you were mentioning about we could have had this line for five or ten thousand dollars. It was mm-hmm. the same thing when Richard was a kid. Yep. Yeah. You know, could have had it. But for that was like fifty thousand now. So. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, we we're raising a family, and that was the same. Mm-hmm. Like when we, you know, when we first got married and had our family, you know, I mean, it, we were just busy trying to pay the bills and put food on the table. We couldn't think about at that yeah. time. Yeah, you, you, know. you weren't allowed to think about it. It just wasn't a priority. You couldn't have it a priority. Yeah, I mean, it was a dream, yeah. right? And and then when this opportunity is so funny, right? Because when when we were looking at acquiring a line, it was kind of out in the country where you are mm-hmm. now that that really appealed to us. Yeah, actually, uh, up by Nose, Nose, uh, where Nose, Nose, Nose Creek and the, yeah. yeah, comes out of Nose Lake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that was one line that we were dealing on, yeah. and that was where I wanted to be. Right? Yeah, that's uh, Clegg owns that one. That's uh, one of them up there, and then there's Lavallee's own one. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of. Well, then anyway, we yeah. we finished our trapping course, and and yeah, we I'd, I'd been out of it for so long that yeah, we did. I couldn't. We be didn't have any. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, got got a notice that these people had to sell because he mm-hmm. wasn't well and. She wasn't all that well either. Just a little old com- a couple from up north there by Peace River. And yep. That's how it turned out. But, you know, it's just yeah. funny. You know, you kind of put that out there. And then it turned out that it, we have so many species on our line. Mm-hmm. It's Dream incredibly fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's remarkable the opportunity mm-hmm. we have as registered trap line owners in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the, we deal, of course we talk with people all over North America and, and the folks in the States say, you have 144 square miles. It's all yours. You know, yeah. you don't have to compete with anybody. No, yeah. it's, it's my, how does that work? Can I buy? You know? yeah. well, <laughs> can I? But for know. a lot of them, they can get one Fisher or one Martin or whatever, but they identify as trappers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the States. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I can get one. Yeah. And we went down to the NTA the last couple of years, the national trapping association convention and that is an eye opener. Oh my oh. goodness! I had a client up this year moose hunting, and uh, I was telling him, "Yeah, like, like I'm getting this trap line. I'm pretty excited about it." He's like, "Oh, I've been trapping my whole life." So he's like, and "I'm like, but what?" He said, "Martin." I'm like, "Oh, perfect." So I'm picking his brain, eh? and it's going to happen. He's like, "So, like, how big is this trap line?" I'm like, "Oh, it's just a little one." And I show him on a map. He's like, <laughs> kind of does a double take of me. He's like, "Little." It's like we get like a cut line, and we have four days to trap, or. F- <laughs> something or two weeks yeah. or something and and we have to walk I'm, <laughs> i just started okay, giggling I feel bad it's like can we go there <laughs> no not, not this trip but come yeah, again yeah come show me show yeah. me some stuff but we actually have to be a little bit careful in that and like when you buy a trap line it's for trapping yep yeah and that's and we have you know that's there's some rules in place and as long as you know people aren't abusing it too much yep. i think because they are starting to come down a little bit on that, it sounds. I like. think it's a straw man for the biggest, uh, mm-hmm. the biggest uh, part. Uh, there, I think there's a lot, lot less trap lines that aren't being utilized. Mm-hmm. Then, then I mean, it's just one of those things that people always claim and what, what, what's going on. I don't, I don't think it, it's near as bad. Uh, there are trap lines not being used, but they're usually because somebody has died or or those kind of situations, or illness or something. Like but that. I don't think that there's very many of the that are just recreational where people aren't trapping they just got it for a place to build a cabin i think that's pretty much mm-hmm. got under control yeah 
Yeah, I think Quality area or whatever. Yeah. You you uh, yeah, exhibit one of the difficulties I have when people ask about trapping is explaining what's so great about it. It's it's like you say you got to you got to take people out and show them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, how do how do you ever explain to somebody what it's like at at midnight in in the middle of nowhere with, and it's just you. And and that would probably be my biggest goal and proponent. Now that you talk about goals, like what's my next goal? I would love if in Alberta, because when I'm guiding stuff, lots of these outfitters I guide for in other provinces have trap lines and they, they sell trap line experiences. Yep. And that's a thing that they don't allow in Alberta. And I'm fine if they don't, but there's got to be a way a trapper should be able to make a little bit of money when the fur prices are down or it's not good or a secondary way like it should become an industry a bit more again, I think. And and I think that's where it is. Like people are charging a lot per day for these. And these people want to come up and they just want to come and skidoo around the line. They don't even want to touch. You don't have to have them touching the traps. Nope. They just want to go experience it and see what it's like. And maybe maybe you catch something, they feel the fur, or, or maybe they buy some of the tan fur that you have. Well, you, you, you don't have to uh, explain to us because mm-hmm. we have thousands of requests from mm-hmm. people that want to come do it. Well, yeah, uh, you stay in a cabin for two or three or four yeah. nights like it doesn't matter it could be five nights could be one night like you mm-hmm. can sell all kinds of packages and there's such an opportunity there for tourism without leaving a carbon footprint really yeah yeah well it has been most enjoyable and we yeah. can talk for forever yeah. uh do you have a website where if people want to go check out your outfitting or check out your videos yep. uh yeah it's oh, it's all linked to the website just mountainmanadventures.com and uh Click on there, and there's a Vimo page there for videos. There's pictures. There's, I don't think I have any prices listed. That's more of a contact thing because I try to personalize everything I do as much as I can. But uh, yeah, mountainmountainadventures.com should get you there. Or Instagram, Facebook accounts, all that fun stuff. Well, you want to manage that for me? I'm sick of managing it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the cabin. In our spare time. Yeah. We'll just yeah. hook you up. Yeah, it, it has been a pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you, you sir. Yeah. It's <laughs> really nice yeah. to have you. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this talk. We've rambled all over everything, and uh, we've solved many of the uh, of the problems of the world. Uh, we've had a, a great time here, and uh, we hope to see you guys down the line. Mm-hmm.